0: Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Christina Vragovich. In today's episode, we welcome Judy Hisong back to the podcast. Judy is a certified legal manager and previously served in a variety of ALA leadership roles, including a seat on the board of directors. Now, as a president of NESO Strategies, she facilitates retreats, coaches individuals and groups, and consults with law firm leaders to develop their leadership skills. And that's exactly what she's here to talk about today, the connection between strong leadership and strong profits. Welcome back, Judy.
1: Thanks. I'm delighted to be here.
0: So the connection between profit and leadership is not immediately
1: clear to the naked eye. How are these related? Well, let's start by my definition of leadership Because when I'm talking about leadership, I'm talking about self-awareness, understanding values, understanding strengths, understanding trust, honesty, vulnerability, uh, and how we relate to others. And because regardless of whether we're aware of that or not, our communications are going to be values-driven – And the more aware of it we are, the stronger our leadership skills. So when I'm talking about leadership, that's how I'm defining it. And we develop these skills whether or not we're paying attention to how they develop. In other words, we're communicating through our values regardless of whether or not we have intention to them.
0: I have a value
1: of integrity. So today as I'm talking with you, I'm speaking very strongly in the integrity of by by offering my definition first. So as we become more aware of this, we develop stronger leadership skills. And what I'm talking about with strong leadership and strong profit is that correlation. I will add in here that a lot of times what's happened in law firms is that leaders come in through either the door of being uh, 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 the highest originator on the attorney side or someone who's very good at um, accomplishing tasks on the administrative side. And and there's not a lot of attention necessarily in evaluation of titled leaders. We don't necessarily do uh, managing partner evaluations in law firms. So take that and couple it with the notion of profit is obviously something every law firm is interested in. And when we talk to law firms about profit, generally they're focused on the hard skills. Can you write the brief? Can you argue in court? Can you do the things that are lawyer-based skills? Which is different than saying, how are you relating to each other? So when we measure profit, we measure numbers. We put together spreadsheets. We obviously have a lot of uh, interest on the billable hour. That's maybe starting to fade at least some, in some firms. That's going to continue to fade. Regardless, it's about accomplishing the legal work, which means it's very internal-focused. When we start measuring the billable hour, now we can start measuring the um, the components of that. How many hours did you bill? How many administrative hours did you have? What are the client demands and the project in scope aren't necessarily the things that are focused on. And that's starting to change. So as we look at lawyers trained in very product-driven outcome stuff, not process or people, we're talking about looking at profit through the people lens Slicing and dicing the profit pie, where we're focused on measuring the human behind the product.
0: So how do you measure the people and the soft skills, if that's what you're implying?
1: Unfortunately, leadership doesn't apply a direct measure, so it's not the same metric as looking at a billable hour. It's not the same metric as uh, as looking through the cases and the way we've retained a client. It does, however, lend itself to indirect measures that we've already seen and heard about in other industries. So, for instance, there's a lot of discussion, and I'll even say hype, about employee engagement and client satisfaction. These are two areas that are very much indirectly impacted by leadership. Uh, Other places that we can measure that are indirectly impacted include recruitment and retention of talent. Law firms often measure what their turnover ratios are. I don't know how much effort they spend in identifying the people who could have stronger leadership skills to reduce that turnover. Another place to look is productivity. Another place is innovation. Although I'll add that innovation in a law firm or innovation in a legal industry is a really tough one because it's such a change adverse and... And such a low risk tolerance, uh, that's the whole argument with the billable hour and the paperless office, right? So so I'm not suggesting that law firms begin measuring innovation. (laughs) I don't know that that will work. It is a people-generated skill, and it is something that can be measured. The others are places more where I would expect law firms to focus. If we can think about what our retention rates are, what we're doing in employee engagement and client satisfaction. So can you give me an example? Absolutely. Sure. Uh it's um it's pretty common knowledge that engagement levels in the US are hovering around 30% in our in our businesses, in our organizations. And and it's also pretty common knowledge that this has been somewhat of a plummet over the last few years and they're they're the lowest levels that we've that we've known in our lifetimes and um And I guess I'm generalizing a little bit about your age, but so I'll say it in my lifetime. and And the the quote- unquote "experts in this realm, they're scratching their heads. We don't understand it. Aren't we doing everything we can do? But the The truth is that people don't quit a company; they quit their manager, they quit the leadership. And I don't mean that they literally walk out the door and quit their job, because particularly coming out of the Great Recession, folks weren't willing to quit their jobs. They just quit to quit their manager. I'll do the bare minimum. I'll get by. I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'm not going to look for places where I can improve a process. I'm, I'm definitely not going to provide you the discretionary effort, which is the difference between the 30% and the 100%. What you're really... What we really measure in law firms is discretionary effort. We're not so interested in somebody punching a clock. We're very focused on the client necessity items that come in and don't have that leniency, for lack of a better word, of time. It's very, very immediate in return. So if I'm only giving you 30% of my total available effort, Imagine the additional productivity that's available if I'm fully engaged at work. These are numbers that could be staggering. In fact, I'll I'll offer this. Zinger Folkman, who does a lot of leadership research, not in the legal arena, uh, because nobody really does in the legal arena at this point, they're talking about very simply in the service world, beyond law firms, that every five-point improvement in employee attitude translates to a 1% increase in client satisfaction. Now, blah 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 numbers numbers numbers. Let me add to that, every 1% increase in client satisfaction drives a half of a percent in increased revenue. Now, now you might be interested in this number. So, so how do you measure it? So let's let's go back to the notion Employee engagement. How do we get past that 30% number? How do we grow it? Well, we have to start by measuring it. We have to do an employee survey. We have to make it anonymous so people can provide good information and feel safe about it and feel trust. Because if we have low levels of engagement, there's a strong likelihood that there's not trust in the culture that's been created by the leadership. And all of this is going to come back down to what's been created. So now we have information. We get the results of the survey our appointed leaders have to act on it. We have to look at ways to approach our engagement with the people that work for us. And that can be as simple as, I'm going to show up to regular meetings. I'm going to provide regular firm updates. I'm going to be a part of planning meetings for projects for large cases. And and I'm going to start including multiple layers and levels of staff. And, and we can have a whole other discussion about the direction of teams in law firms. But for now, we're talking about employee engagement. So we want to create more ownership to get at that discretionary effort. We have to do the survey, find out what people think of us. What are the values that they see us honoring in our firm? And then go after including them in things, sharing back what we've learned and what we want to do about it, which is a crucial statement. Once I do a survey, I have to share back the results and my response to that or else I can't expect trust to be built. Once I get there, I start including my employees in projects, in opportunities to communicate with me, uh, me as a part of the leadership team, me as the whole leadership team, and along the way, include some things that they can do. So one, another idea might be have your employees write their own job descriptions. Now, of course, it wouldn't be a final product. But management could come in and collaborate and, and make those job descriptions with buy-in from their staff. That's huge. See, trust is built and earned and it requires attention to develop it. And And having leadership present in good times and bad times and everywhere in between creates opportunities for staff to interface. And in that moment, you get higher levels of engagement. So, So Peter Drucker is kind of a, Guru in the leadership realm, his his quote is, "A ten percent increase in productivity will would double the profits of most organizations. Law firms are no different than this. Engagement strategies come out of great leadership and and if you already have good leadership then it's not hard to stretch into how can we involve our employees in process improvement, maybe software focus groups, uh, maybe technology focus groups, maybe client service strategy groups, any of those things. There you go.
0: So you mentioned client service. Um, Tell me more about that as a measure of profit and leadership.
1: Well, one of the challenges in law firms is – that the inherent nature of practicing law is individualized that that attorneys are taught to practice law on their own and and so law firms are faced with meeting client expectations and what's happening in in our real world today is cost containment and service levels and clients are expecting higher levels of both and so as firms ga- grapple with the notion that we need more than one place for a client to be able to communicate with us. I cannot be the only person a client calls 24 hours a day. Where do we gather the team to put that together? Client service teams are much more efficient in meeting the client needs. They definitely drive the bottom line. And I'm not talking about firm size here because the client team may only be me and my direct support. But if we start by measuring The client satisfaction level, what services do they think we're doing well? Where are the areas that we can improve? Again, we're in the realm of driving more leadership skills. Now, can't tell you how many times I've said client satisfaction survey and feel like I've sucked all of the air out of the room. (laughs) Folks just don't want to hear it. The thing is that it's time now to pull our heads out of the sand And look at the feedback from our clients because a lot of times we're going to hear really great things. We do really great things in this way or that way. That becomes part of our brand in the client's mind. Again, it's about that 1% greater client satisfaction, 0.5% greater revenue. So when we start asking these questions, what are the areas where we can meet or exceed uh, that we're not doing so right now? They give us a benchmark. And then our leadership teams can focus on these transitions and that's going to lead to growing practice groups or maybe just our practice group leaders or maybe our practice group leaders have conversations with their teams or maybe we have direct attorney conversations. All of that being specific to the firm. But in the meantime, when we start measuring client service, we start looking at it more closely. Clients, just like the rest of us, want to be able to chime in and offer impact And our bottom line goes up. So these measures become twofold. We now can actually start seeing how our leaders are leading. In addition to that, maybe we can alter course to create something better with our clients and create better leadership skills in our attorneys or non-attorneys in our firms. So this seems
0: like a very big change, overwhelming even. Where would I start in my law firm?
1: I'll drill it down. Here's the thing. Culture trumps strategy. So the biggest, brightest, strongest strategic plan, the most beautiful plan you've ever had, is only going to take hold in your firm if it's aligned with your culture. So if you're not happy with your current culture, then your leadership team has to focus attention on the culture that you want and make the small changes toward it. Whatever culture exists now has been growing for a long time. It's not going to be a quick change. So when I think about developing stronger leadership skills, part of that is in crafting the culture you want and working toward it. So the more interest we have in developing leadership skills, whether it's communication skills, conflict management skills, whether it's strengths, whether it's values, whether it's behaviors, these are all individual attributes that fuel the core of your law firm. The more developed your leaders are, the more accountable your firm's going to be and the bigger your profit will grow, right?
0: (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) Judy, you will be leading and presenting at the Managing Partner Executive Director Forum, which is October 19th through 20th in Orlando, Florida. This is a brand-new event, which is being hosted by ALA in partnership with NESO, and we are looking forward to seeing you there. And for our listeners who are interested in hearing more from our guest, Judy Hissong, you can register on ALA's website at alanet.org mpedforum. Again, that's alanet.org mpedforum. One last quick note, you can now subscribe to Legal Management Talk through the iTunes store or the podcast app of your choice. Simply search Legal Management Talk and click subscribe. If you like what you hear, please rate the podcast to help spread the word. Thanks so much, and have a great
1: week.